Welcome to West of the Midwest, a podcast where this brother and sister share our experiences in life and how we grow along the way. Join us as we dive into the mind-blowing differences between the Pacific Northwest and Midwest cultures, people, health, politics, and more. No topic is off limits here. So sit back and relax as we hit the road. Vroom, vroom. It's a new day. Happy summer. Uh, yes, summer Finally. is here. It is the first full day of rain. Yeah, which is also good. I'm happy about it. I'm a little sad because you were supposed to be here doing yard work with me. <laughs> so convenient for you. Hey, uh, we got out there and did a little bit. <laughs> for a good five minutes. <laughs> I just got back from Chicago. It was just a 24-hour trip, but it was nice. I do love that we're just a couple hours away from a big city. I don't consider Milwaukee a big city. Yeah, it's a medium. Coming from Seattle. City. And even You're everyone right. in Chicago calls it a little suburb city. I believe it. Yep. So it's I not... want to go to Chicago. I'm a little jelly. I, I'm telling you that bit. you and your wife need to do a day trip with Josh and I. I will have sitters here at the house. Can they can do adventures. I'm going to tell you that when you go for can the first time. Can we have two time, different trips though? Yes. Let's do a kids trip. We will do trip. a kids trip. But okay. I promise you your first trip you will not want the kids because you don't know it enough. And you'll be so hyper aware and hyper alert <laughs> that it won't be enjoyable for you. So your first trip going into the city will be fun to just do an adult's trip, explore and well, see. hold on. So you're taking Shelby and Haley to Chicago. Yes, but I right? have been about 15 times. So I know the spots. Okay. But you you are going. Yes, like, we're going. Okay. That'll but I fun. was saying in terms of the four of us going and yeah. then, yeah, sure, let's bring all the kids. But that was fun. I had a friend from Washington. She was in town. So I brought Kate with me. We got super great deal on a hotel through Priceline, and it was normally like three eighty. I think we got it for like a buck fifty. So between three of us, it was a great deal. Went and got some dinner. Since COVID, especially though, if you're going to Chicago and you want to have a nice dinner, which you do, so I always recommend. And maybe this is my older age getting there. I would rather bring drinks to the hotel to make if if you want to have a few cocktails and drinks and then spend the money on a good dinner then go and eat at some crappy bar because and maybe it's because i miss the quality of food in seattle don't even get me started chicago has the best food <laughs> it's like a mecca for all these places like I vegas believe it. so it's you book ahead of time so that's why it's important to plan sometimes and get last minute you know your dinner reservation. I am happy to spend a little bit more on a really good quality dinner. Have you had a Chicago-style pizza in Chicago? I have, and I don't love it. I want one so bad. I don't bad. love it. I think because I'm a New York girl when it comes to pizza. Oh, okay. I've been in New York. I like the New York pizza. Okay. Chicago pizza, to me, it is literally like a brick of cheese. I love the deep dish with the extra cheese, though. It, it's I'll a, probably like it. It's a gut bomb, then. Yeah, you would love it. I, I probably will. <laughs> it's not for me. Okay. So are you the one? Do you fold your pizzas I in do. half? And I like do. And eat them like yeah. a sandwich? The New York okay. pizza. You it's fold New it York in style. half like hot dog style. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you eat it. Okay. That's the best way to eat a pizza. All right. So. Don't eat pizza with a fork, then. You have to eat pizza with a fork if it's Chicago pizza. <laughs> I know. Almost. <laughs> so it was, it was nice. It was beautiful out. Uh, we walked around and 
it was nice to have a friend from Seattle that, you know, we talked a little bit. She had made a couple comments like, hey, like, I know you've last couple times I've seen you since you visited Washington. You know, you seem a lot different. But even here in the city, like, you just are much more calm and grounded and you have a different energy about you. And she was really shocked to hear stories about how I say I would rather be at home <laughs> and Josh, you know, wants to go out and do all the things. And that's a big reverse for us. And so Kate your left. Flipped? Yeah, he's mm-hmm. a complete flip. And Kate's like, oh, yeah, you, you have no idea. You don't know Wisconsin Josh. And that's how the people who knew Josh before we moved here, that's what they call him, Wisconsin Josh. Because oh. the Josh in Washington was like, I could see people I could not. I really don't care. Yep. Like, maybe if we do something fun, but it's fine if we don't. Here, it is a completely different story. And I'm like, oh, it's Friday at four o'clock. I'm ready for dinner and I'm good to go to bed early. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm fine with it. So, yeah, that's what we call in Wisconsin, Josh. But it was it's interesting to see how friends I've known for 15 years are noticing differences. Like you are a lot more relaxed. You're you're laid back. And before, I think I kept myself so busy to be distracted from my stress and chaos. So I would wear mm. myself out to not have to, to deal not have with, to, yeah. yeah, process all that. And Josh was the opposite. He he shut down and was super laid back at home, and we didn't do anything because he didn't want to have to deal with the chaos. And that's how he recharged was to shut down. Yeah. And so here, how he gets recharged and fueled up is activities. And I just want to relax and shut down. <laughs> and I think it's similar so for really you and funny, Shelby. Because like, yeah, um, my wife was making fun of me the other day because she has lots of friends. Mm-hmm. And I have very few. And uh, in Washington, it was the complete opposite. I had a lot of friends and she had very few. And here... She's found it just really not easy in the sense like she actually puts herself out there, Mm -hmm. but she finds that what she puts out, she gets back like tenfold. Yeah, it's received and more is offered. Yeah. So it's like she puts herself out there just as much as she was before, Mm -hmm. but she gets 10 times the return for that investment. And me, I'm like, I'll go to work. I got my work people. I love them. I help them. I go home. I just want to chill. Like, I don't want to, like, go out and do these things. I'll go out. Obviously, she's going to convince me to go out. Yeah. Like, she wants to go out. Because we, what, we joined a bags league. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. What's bags? People are going to be like, what's bags? For those those on the West Coast, it's cornhole. It is cornhole. And I will forever call it cornhole, but to people here, I say bags because they go, what's cornhole? They'll be like, what's cornhole? (laughs) What do you you mean? It's literally, there's corn inside the bags. Yeah, well, I don't know. I joined a weird bar league, right? I love it. Middle of nowhere. I love it. The bags are not uniform shaped size. (laughs) No. We joined the night where it was supposed to be a bunch of rookies. Mm-hmm. So we were like, yeah, we were really excited, right? Well, last week we played people who made an excuse to not join the really good league. They came to be the really big fish in our tiny little pond. Mm. So everybody in the place as we're playing, it was crazy. We're playing. All I had to do was hit the the board and people would cheer for me. 
they would get holes in one and nobody would cheer for them. Well, that's what you get. Because <laughs> we were like, yeah, rookies, you know, <laughs> we're not good. We just went to go meet people. And so she, that's why she wanted us to join. She's like, I want to meet people. She literally, we went one time, we met people. She invited them to the 4th of July party. They're coming. Boom. New friend. I love this. Like, how cool is I that? I love this. <laughs> oh, that's so, awesome. Go bags. Yeah. Go Wisconsin. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been great. I mean, we did we did touch on a couple topics because um, I asked her how things are really going in Washington and Seattle now that we live here. I Your really, friend? Yeah. Okay. I really yeah. only see the news. So I'm like, what what is real? What is not? And I recently saw something that the city of Seattle put out because the Mariners games are starting. That is this letter to the residents, like, let's clean up the streets before games and make it look great for our visitors and our residents. So what you're telling me is my taxpaying citizens that pay for this shit to be cleaned up. All the services. Yeah. Please come out and do the work. That you've paid for. That you have paid for probably overpaid for <laughs> for the problems we have created nope. by allowing safe injection sites and legalizing all sorts of different hard drugs like methane to be heroin taken on the street that you can do on the street yep. in front of joe blow yep. please come and clean this up so we don't look so bad yep. fuck off washington <laughs> Woo, there's a message. <laughs> that is how I feel. And she's like, no, this is like, that's real. I so the reality is they're actually asking. They're actually asking people out. who are coming to the games to come early. What? Come early to your paid game where you get your ass handed to you. You pay for parking. Oh, you're not yeah. safe. Nope. But please come you clean up the streets. You are actually less safe because they disarm you yeah. to go. So, oh, but oh, come man. enjoy a baseball game after you clean up our streets. Clean up the streets, yeah, yeah. Because and we done risk up, your son. life picking up needles. I don't know if you can see, but my my blood pressure went up a little. So, uh, Seattle, when I was working there, so I, it wasn't that long ago. It was only a year ago that I worked in downtown Seattle, and I was cautioned that when I come into Seattle to put my head on a swivel. Because people literally a block away from our job site were getting stabbed on mm -hmm. the street. And that I was told I had to have Kevlar gloves on if I reached into a bush. Because the needles will kill me or mm -hmm. potentially put me at great harm. Sure. AIDS, hep C, anything. anything. You know, and just to clean a bush mm -hmm. out. Like to make it pretty, right? Like you can't even service a bush in the middle of a city without risking your life. At, yeah. No, like no, thank you. You know, and but that's as Paul. Can I just say that there. your your you know sounded real Midwest. <laughs> you know, it sounded like from when off. we were kids from Bobby's World. Do you remember that show? Uh, Bobby's bit. World. It was really? like the commercial. He's like sliding down. He got in trouble, and his mom's from the Midwest, and she'd go, "Bobby, you know, <laughs> that's what you just sounded really? like." Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh no. Well, that's good. But yeah, I'll so this, right is, this is what I'm saying. Like, okay, so we're planning to go to the Brewers game next Saturday. I'm super bummed you, you and your wife aren't going, but you're going up past going North, the UP. The UP. The UP. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking, I don't have to think about, oh man, do I need to 
really look at what my protection is going to be that day. Like, of course, we're always ready and prepared because at the end of the day, no one's coming to save you. Greg Anderson, Washington State police officer, first one fired and or quit during COVID. Okay, so he has this whole new brand. He's really worked on like tactical training and all this for the general population. And it is his motto that he goes by is, is no one is coming to save you. Yeah. And But I, while I am very aware of this, I don't have to think so far ahead of a baseball game about, am I concerned I'm going to lose my life? Be aware, but not terrified. I know we're going to tailgate. I know it's going to be a good time. Yes, still observant, but nowhere near the degree I would be if I was in Portland, Seattle, parts of California. It's just not a thing. And that's enjoyable for me. Yeah. Because I don't have to be so concerned. Because you're, yeah, you're able to take in the sights and enjoy the mm-hmm. space and be a part of the environment. And sure. Kind of let yourself go a little bit. A little like, bit. A little bit. You're relaxed. Like, even if it's not the whole way, it's still, you know, yeah. city life. Like, I'm it's still different. aware of the surroundings. If I see somebody that to me looks maybe like they might be suspicious, I'm going to pay a little extra attention. I will or know someone still. Needs help. Yeah, where all my exits are. I park in spaces still that I know is an easy out if I need to. But I am not thinking at any point any person around me is just going to try and fuck me up and shoot everyone. Right. And it just breaks my heart. It's not like an everyday thing where in Seattle it is literally an everyday. Oh, I do have a story for you. This is the first experience Josh has had since we've moved here where he thought, oh, shit. So he goes down to this place to get his wood for his creations that he makes and his craftsmanship. My husband works on a lot of his woodworking and fabrications and materials. Yep. So he goes to, there's a couple spots in Milwaukee that definitely are not areas. I do understand that like Wisconsin is the most segregated state in the United States. It is not because white people decided racism lives here. It is because and I've talked to Mexicans, Africans, I've talked to Jewish people, I talked to even certain different types of um, Latin Americans. There, are, there is a part in Wisconsin that every block is literally based on what your race or culture is. They don't want to intermix. Oh, so they'll come here, but they'll stay in their yep, space. And, and okay. you don't mess with them. And they don't want to. So that's where okay. when they say segregated, that doesn't mean necessarily racist. It's lines that have been drawn that are by their own okay. people. By the ethnicity. Not not, not okay. the white people. Yep. Where in Seattle, if you say segregation, that means racism. Here segregation okay. is different. Racism is an undertone. It's an it's a cultural line. Like they will respect that you are what you are, where you come from, but also just don't fucking cross the line. Right. So that's that's a big part. I of did it. hear there's certain parts of Wisconsin that if your car breaks down in it and you are of a white complexion, you will be evacuated from these mm-hmm. places faster than your car will. Yeah. Your car will be left to whatever, whatever happens to it. Yep. Yep. You will be evacuated. So there's about 15 blocks in Milwaukee. And, and, and when I say Milwaukee, I don't mean downtown the Third Ward where like the shopping and the restaurants are. This is before that off Capitol Drive. Okay. Is so you it can like take, more industrial side? Kind of. Lower income. The... You you can take 
the freeway into Milwaukee and be fine. If you take Capitol Drive and you want to go to downtown Milwaukee where the shopping the restaurants are, like, well, you're on your own. If something happens to you, like, it, you damn did it to yourself. Okay. So, Josh. If you don't is, know this. Yes. Okay. And I, I tried to tell Josh when we moved here, there is a section that you don't want to drive through. He, he had had a couple comments from coworkers who, when they had to go to a job, he was driving down Capitol and they were like, why are you driving through here? And he goes, I don't know. It's where GPS took me. And they're like, no, we don't do this. And he goes, I don't see what's the problem because his mindset is from Seattle, everything's high alert. You could just get shot by anyone. Oh yeah. Because it didn't have sure. necessarily to do with it. Yeah. It wasn't was... racial lines. It was just crackheads. Yep. It was mostly drugs <laughs> and, and alcohol. Incredible like, was... liberals who are pissed and rage at you. Yep. So he had told me this a couple times. I said, you should probably listen. Like, I understand that what we're used to is one thing, but when they're, when somebody from here is saying something and it's someone you've worked with or you understand and establish that they're just not a wussy, they're probably saying it for good reason. Because they care. He's literally dismissed it. So we went down to this place for wood called Urban Craftsman. This guy's awesome. He's built a shop. He does a lot of custom work for people in the city and offers great prices. And so we we go down and we're driving through a part of town that I'm, you never see a license plate. The windows are tinted so dark. You can't see who's in it. Like it is bad. And Josh, I'm like, hey, let's get on the freeway. He's like, no, I just want to drive through and see. I'm like, this is not safe. He goes, well, I just, it's not that big of a deal. It's just a couple blocks. No, 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 sir. I know that still you're in the mindset that like this isn't Seattle, but it's not Seattle. You are white. You are going to ask. You're inviting a, an issue here. So he tells me yesterday after kind of dismissing that and thinking you're just exaggerating. He's like, babe, I have to tell you. I was going down to Urban Craftsman. I realized I hadn't got cash yet. So I was looking for a Chase Bank. I pull in, I pull some cash out. As soon as I pull out, I see an SUV, no license plates, all the stuff is tinted, starts to follow me. Every turn I take, he follows me. And I thought, oh, this is the, this is it. Like, I think I messed up. I shouldn't have gone into that area. He's like, I took turns I didn't need to take to see. And this guy continued to follow me. So I went all the way to Capitol Drive on the main road to get away from this guy. And as soon as I hit Capitol Drive, he U-turned in the middle of the road. Uh So I think I realize now that that area probably isn't a spot I should be in. Are you fucking kidding me? I, I, I'm so glad you're safe, honey. That's the first thing I said. Oh man. (laughs) So, so when we're talking about all this, understand that we do know that there is shit in every space. Yep. What we mean when we talk about Seattle is the general consensus, the everyday living for most of the state is it's not that safe. Is unsafe. Well, especially on the west side. Yeah. Yeah. Even going into up north towards Bellingham, Arlington, yeah, Granite Falls. Yeah, that are not Not safe. good. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. But there Granite is a Falls. small space in Wisconsin that you go, that's probably not the best area for you to be in. And the consensus is to stay away as a whole. Like, and you just know, and, and as long as you there. respect the boundary lines, they respect you. Like right. they're not crossing over into your space. Right. They That's just the don't segregation want you part. They don't want you there yep. in their space. Exactly. Yeah. 
So that's what he said today or last night was like, okay, I'm starting to understand that like, it's a respected line where you're like, you don't cross here. We won't come to you. Yep. That that's not the case for Washington. Yep. Washington's a different beast because it, it's systemically built in a way to make it unsafe as a whole, For sure. as a whole, not just as a, a single space. It's as a, as a community, they've decided this is how we're going to make it mm-hmm. here. It's, oh, if you go to Milwaukee, don't go to these places. Mm-hmm. Like everywhere else should be fine. Like, yeah, yeah there's a random one off. Yeah. But overall people feel safe. They mm-hmm. feel like I was telling Shelby the other day, I was like, Hey, you know, somebody needs help. You just, you, you help them. Like, like your that's neighbors. That's the normal thing. Your riding lawnmower went out, right? Oh my gosh. I got okay. fixed yesterday. Thank okay. God. So what but happened with that? for weeks, for weeks, I didn't have a mower, right? And my, and I'm out there literally push milling my lawn with my, Which, with my bougie little battery powered Explain mower. to us. So I've been to your house a couple of times, but you okay. have a fairly large so property. It's a little big. It's like a one acre lawn. Space. It's yeah. a one acre lawn. But it's all so, lawn. And it's it's mostly lawn. So I'm mowing the lawn with this battery operated I can't, machine. I wish I was there to see this. And it literally, the battery died every 15 minutes when I'm mowing, right? Oh so gosh. I got two batteries. So I got about 30 minutes before, you know, I'm, I'm dead in the water. I mow them the front yard for the the second pass around, mm-hmm. right? The second set of batteries, and my neighbor literally drives across the street, drops off the mower that he has, riding mower, and he he hands me the keys and says, "Here you go." And I'm like, Dude, "What do you mean?" Stuff. I was like, "He's like, I was just I was watching you mow. I got a small you know lawn down in Oshkosh at my other house. I mow with a battery operated, but looking at what you're doing, I just really felt like I, that you needed help." You know, and if you ever need help, you better come to me and you better ask. Like he made sure I knew that if it ever became an issue to make sure I asked. And then my other neighbors, too, they came out of the woodworks later and they were like, hey, we heard you're having trouble with your lawnmower. I'm like, well, where'd you hear that from? Oh, your other neighbor. I want to ask so about this. So he gave me his offer to his lawnmower. So you guys tried to pay one of your neighbors as a thank you for your time and their wife returned the money. Oh, so yeah, another thing we were doing. So we rented a tractor and we rented it to do some landscape. So the tractor shows up. We're doing some landscape. He drives over with his tractor and goes, hey, how can I help you? Okay, so I'm going to stop you for a second. (laughs) For the people listening, this is not like you're in a podunk farm town. No. They are in a suburb, nice area of Appleton, Menasha, Wisconsin. You can look it up. It's a nice neighborhood. Yeah. Everybody just has a really nice, beautiful landscape lawn with a lot of property. Yeah. So they're all if one we have people yeah. who are listening from Washington, this is not your Arlington, Granite Falls area. Imagine like a Woodenville, Duval lawn yes. suburb. Yes, exactly. Okay. Or or like, you know, really nice Snohomish, yes. right? Like, yeah. So they, yeah, so he literally drove his tractor over, offered us help. He helped us for half a day. We're like, oh my gosh, thank you. Unprospected, like yeah. not even. Like we thought about maybe we should go ask him because we knew he sure. had a tractor. But we never met him. We didn't know him. We were kind of, we had, we had kind of ran out of time mm-hmm. to really do it. We just needed the work done. And what was crazy is this rental failed us. So this rental 
It was a brand new tractor okay. that was in, incapable of performing the duties that it was built for. Like it wouldn't lift the loads. It wouldn't scrape the ground. It wouldn't do the things it was built for. So he comes over, does all this extra work for us. I'm like, oh my gosh, I would have been so screwed without yeah. him. And we tried to pay him. I tried to give him money. His wife came over and handed us half the money back, said it was too much. It, he just wanted gas money to fill some diesel. And I thought, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Like he just saved me probably a thousand dollars worth of time and money. Like, and he was just unwilling to accept the fact that like we were. And he to got pay. sick, right? So his wife came over and was like, was, "I don't yeah, know." He was very sick after that because he was helping. Um, he helped us and he helped some other people, and he was just doing too much. Yeah, so, he just, so his he's an older just guy. Out. Yeah, he was tapped, and he had some medical needs where he needed to rest, and he wouldn't because he just he's an old guy. He yeah. just can't rest. He's got to do stuff. And um, he actually came over the other day. It was really funny. Follow up to the same guy. He brought his uh, plate compactor over and was like, hey, I see you're building the wall. Here's a plate compactor. I'll rent it to you. And he's oh my like, gosh, I love dropped Wisconsin. it off random. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this is so great. And it's you're amazing. like, first of all, thank you, because my wife just shared some other projects yeah. she'll be doing. So now I need to help because if I don't, she's going to kill her body. Yep. <laughs> so I just signed myself up. But it does benefit you guys. Oh, like man. I will say, so your wife's vision for sustainability for your family yep. since moving to Washington or Wisconsin from Washington is so much more attainable yep. than what we ever experienced. And you guys owned your own house in Silverdale. It was a nice place. Yep. You had some property, but you did not have the neighbors you have now. Nope. Absolutely not. Nope. Not as a community. So we had one set of neighbors that was like that. But out of dozens, like, so now it's all the neighbors. And then the one-off is the weird one, right? Mm -hmm. that, that won't help the you. The random they're one. They're the random one. Like, they're the ones that are And it's probably because they the... dealt with some kind of massive trauma somewhere else. And now they're just isolated and don't yep. want to deal with people. That's a rarity. Yep. It is. It's totally, it's completely rare. Because here in Wisconsin, it's, oh, you're being nice to me. Wow, I want to get to know you. Yep. Mm -hmm. And in Washington, you're being nice to me. What do you want from me? And why are you being nice exactly. to me? Like, exactly. It was such a shift. And I love it. Like that right there is is worth it. hundred percent to make the move. Like, and my wife was like, if I would have known that I spent 10 years trying to build a community and I was going to get little to no feedback and little to no, you know, mm -hmm. benefit. And that in one year I could get 10 years worth of value out of it. I would have moved sooner, which I know Josh had said too, right? When he moved here. Can we just stop for a second? Let's just pause. I hear that for nine years, I tried to get all of us to move out of state. <laughs> Can we just say maybe I'm a visionary? Maybe the Lord placed something in my heart that was like, boop, you guys will thrive. No, everything happens in the right time, okay? But I would like to take note that I I fully said this many years ago. Well, you know. And here we are thriving. God himself had to work on people's hearts. Because we can have the answers and if it's not the right time, the answers aren't going to be, you know, fruitful. Yeah. But he, in his time, is like, hey, let's just, you know, let's work on people. He's got a lot of patience, right? He's got time. He's outside of time. Yes. Nice. 
we're in time, so it's a little bit different. I I I am pretty excited about. It. So you guys, what did you just recently plant? So you're talking about sustainability, like you're at you're saying, hey, Shelby's got these plans. So it's literally Shelby because I could have plans all day long and nothing would get done because I don't work. My work plans get done, but she has decided, hey, the world's going crazy. What can we do now to set our children up for sustainability later, right? So she's planting all kinds of fruit trees. Fruit trees that people that live here didn't even know could live here. Like, like the peach ones? Peaches and apples and cherries yes, because and you, all the things. So cherries and, is a big one, but not a lot of people actually do it because... Because you have they to think net them. You have to, the birds. and you do. Yeah, you do. You I mean, these them. these damn birds. And you know what it is? It's the robins, and it's those um, finches, those uh, red winged blackbirds. Yes, they are. They so they steal your flowers. Crazy. Oh yeah. I have ground growing little flower things. They're so aggressive. And they they will they don't care if you're five feet from them. Yep. Boom, eating all the things. Yep. I've never felt so frustrated towards nature. <laughs> like I in Washington, I was like, "Oh my gosh, a bird is perched!" And here, I'm like, "Fuck off, get out!" That's of here. mine. <laughs> Those. So I was. Uh, we were having dinner with my boss the other day, and I saw this bird fight, and it was between one of those red-winged blackbirds oh, and another gosh. bird. And these birds, like full out wings spread, like. They're fighting. They're yeah. fighting. They're like ready. They're like, oh, and I'm and if you're ever close to their nests, they will attack you. So they're they nest right outside my work. And there's there's gotta be fifty nests because I walk around and I'm getting dive bombed by these birds. Yeah. Legit. They are within inches of hitting me in the head and I'm whacking at them because they're trying they're trying to protect their nests. So I talked to uh Andy at work and he said Oh, yeah, we grew up. They're very um, aggressive. They're invasive. If you allow them to nest and you are attempting to protect your land, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, he's a farmer. He's sure. trying to protect his farm. So, he said he, through one summer, he literally shot 60 different red-winged blackbirds. Mm -hmm. He said they will come from, the males will come from everywhere and protect every nest. So, it's oh. not their own nest. They protect every red-winged blackbird nest. It doesn't matter what it is. So they are ultra-aggressive with all the nests. And so he said he went through one summer. His grandpa was like, hey, you got to go out and, you know, deal with this infestation. Well, he didn't. He said he shot more blackbirds that year than any year ever because he said if you don't allow them to nest, they'll nest somewhere else. Mm -hmm. They just will. And he would go out and just harass the nests and have, make them go build them somewhere else. They were fine. But the second a nest is populated, it's done. It doesn't matter so, what you do. So I'm going to need you to find out about these little finches or whatever these things are. Because I think I have like 20 on my property. Oh, no. Nests. <laughs> we have two robins that harass our five neighbors and us. Okay. Steal all the flowers. They literally eat them all. All of them. Oh, wow. Even off of my bigger plants, like my rose bushes, they will go in and just pluck all the petals off. Okay. And then my one rabbit. Oh, <laughs> rabbit. <laughs> so we've had lots of bunnies and rabbits. I have learned in Wisconsin, if it is a single male rabbit 
Not only will they piss everywhere and mark their territory, and oh my gosh, does it smell. Destroys every one of my little crops. Oh, okay. And I have, I I am a lover of animals. <laughs> so I'm like, we don't go aggressive. Right. We don't harm. They will come back. It doesn't matter how far away you put them. They know where their spot is. Oh, so it's not even you can't capture them and like go he, drop them off. He's singular. Somewhere. So if it's a single male, so females are different, babies are different. Yeah. It's one male this year, and he must have run off all the other ones because the only one between our five neighbors that we ever see is this one white tailed brown rabbit. <laughs> he destroys everything. I have put out four or five different kinds of like rabbit safe deterrents. I put cayenne pepper. I've planted garlic. I've done onions. He does not give two shits. He's like, I see it. I see you. And I'm still going to chomp on your plants. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, he's got to go. Yeah. Thinking like, I I watched the Netflix show where it was like big little farmer or whatever. And they're talking about sustainability. And it took seven years for their entire farm. And now they figured out all the things. I don't have seven years. I don't have a fox to catch this damn rabbit. <laughs> I'm the fox. Nope. So I'm... I'm but you can't even transplant him. No. I'm talking oh, to Titus no. about this. I'm talking to Josh about this. And I'm like, okay. Like, I just spent all of my 100 million hours in my garden. Mm -hmm. I even did a... What did they call a throwaway crop? So that, like, the animals go to that. Go to attract them. Yep. Yep. He ate all that. Came to my good stuff. Mm. So I'm telling the boys like, all right, well, when my brother comes, we're going to figure this out. I found his <laughs> nest. We're going to get rid of it. Like nope. whatever we have to do. I go behind the shed last week and I see watermelon rinds. And I come in and I go, Titus, my dude. I found some watermelon rinds, and guess who eats watermelon in this house? You do. He's like, yeah, Mom, you said you wanted to get rid of him, so I thought I would hurry and feed him and make him feel good before you got rid of him. You're going to make him stay. He goes, because it's not fair to the rabbit that 60 years ago this development grew, and now because of the rabbit, he is displaced because you did this. I go, that rabbit was not around 60 years ago. <laughs> so now I feel like I'm anti-pedo, which by the way, vegans, I'm not. Because <laughs> I'm thinking this rabbit's got to die. Well, so look at this from another angle. You know, I hear like rabbit tastes pretty good, so it doesn't have to like die and not have a purpose. I well, at this point, I don't you know. You have rabbits too. I have friends in Washington. So when I went back for coffee, <laughs> okay, we went and saw our roaster. Our roaster, we met with him. We did all this stuff for a new blend for Bad Boo. Mm -hmm. He is raising rabbits for well, for consumption, for food, sustainability. Yeah. On his farm. Well, I hear they. Uh, and I'm like, hey, make do babies you fast. do you want mine? <laughs> <laughs> Let me mail you this guy. <laughs> He's got to go. <laughs> but also, I remember what it's like being 15, 16, where I was realizing all these things about animals yeah. who were not properly cared for, yeah. and then and then slaughtered for meat. 
And then I was vegan for a while because of that. And, and since I've learned, you know, like when, was it dandelions? The thing that we consider a weed? Most people do. Yeah. I, I don't for the first, anymore, but For I the did. first few months of spring, yeah. until just about a week ago, I let those fuckers grow. Because oh, yeah. I was like, bees, take all you can, honey. Yep. Do everything. Yep. I am for all of that. What I am not for, okay, is I am a little bouge. little bougie. <laughs> I want my patio to be a nice little spot for my friends to come and visit. Rabbit, take all the rest of my just over a quarter acre of land. Just don't touch this little 20 square foot spot. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's not sustainable, right? He's eating everything. <laughs> you get none of it. Everything. <laughs> so there you go. You just justified what I needed. This isn't sustainable. So as long oh, as I eat him, we're no. good. Now it's full circle I mean, of life. It sounds like that's a good compromise, right? Because at least it's not going to waste. Like, I feel like poisoning creatures That's bad. is going to waste yes. for two reasons. One, you're wasting the meat. Two, it's going to poison something else. That right? That like, is why I haven't bought poison. But yeah. I will tell you, if I'm being super honest, it has crossed my mind. I believe it, yeah. I believe it. It's you. It's poison. Yeah. Uh, Ashley's like, I, all bad things must die. Well, I mean, women in general typically are more comfortable with poisons. Well, of course we are. <laughs> um. So our biggest pest is deer. Let's let's go back. Why do you say women in general? In general, most of but the time, what, what? if a woman decides to kill someone, it's usually with poison. Oh, now it's someone and not an animal. I don't know what it We're is. We're going to Whatever murder. Whatever it is, women <laughs> typically will pick poison where men typically won't. What is that like, stuff that's... Oh, antifreeze? Put it in the Gatorade. Know. They don't know. Oh, my gosh. Well, I don't know. I don't want to know. <laughs> I, I'm not going to poison the deer, okay? Like, that's all I know. So Of course not, because guess what? Building... You poison the deer, <laughs> they go to somebody's land, that person now is hunting that deer. Oh, yeah. For and sure. then they Especially eat in it. Wisconsin. It's, yeah. We will not hunt deer in Wisconsin. There is so much GMO corn here that they feed off of. What? Do you know how many throwaway crops Wisconsin has? Why would someone grow... A throwaway crop. What are you talking about? I, I've been doing a lot of research on like sustainable farming, what that looks like when you're trying to be like truly pesticide free. Mm -hmm. Now, this brand or different brands will tell you it's like pesticide free spray and you use this neem oil, okay? If it was just straight neem oil, it'd be fucking neem oil with water. Mm -hmm. Neem oil that you buy from like the company Bonite or whatever, there's lots of different ones, has a lot of other ingredients. It's truly not pesticide free. Okay. So there's harsh chemicals. So I'm thinking to myself, after we watched this show about these farmers, it did truly take them seven years. And granted, they were like sitcom or like, uh, not sitcom. Um... You know, when you work in California in the Valley, what do they call them? Something comms. Oh, um, like communes. No, they're like people who were tech people. Oh, to, uh, dot, dot com era people? What are we know. talking about? I don't know. I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> um, anyway, so they took all their money and invested into this farm and wanted to truly be sustainable. 
they had to learn everything from like when foxes try to get in, when the birds take their stuff from their trees, when, when they get like caterpillars and different things infested, how to do it truly naturally. Oh, so their goal is to figure out the natural way to yes. balance the ecosystem. Yes. Okay. From bringing goats in to like chum down the grass that their yeah. feces okay. like feeds the worms, like the whole thing. Yep. They're trying to figure out the cycle and how and to here I am cycle. with my little quarter acre. Like, I just think this like super healthy powder will keep my rabbit away. No, what I need <laughs> is a fox. Yeah. Naturally. <laughs> and kill this motherfucker. That seems normal to me. Because I watched a Netflix documentary. Oh my gosh, that's funny. That is what is happening. And my husband is like, do you hear yourself? <laughs> I'm like, I think it's fine. <laughs> He's like, you might as well just go out and get it yourself because you're not going to hire a fox. <laughs> well, I told Shelby if they go too crazy on her trees, I'll just hunt the deer. Are you guys going to net the trees? Yeah. Well, so... Well, you're going to fence netting, it, right? Yeah, so we're fencing around them. We have a four-foot-tall metal fence. That's roughly three feet away from okay. the tree, right? So we're giving it some space. Um, even then, I, I think they're going to get at it anyways. They're going to eat the tops off these trees. But where we're at, so the town that we're in, you can't shoot them, right? Even if they're yeah. on their property, mm -hmm. you can't pull a gun and shoot them. Well, that doesn't mean I can't pull my Oh. oh my god. It's on your land. Nobody you just, heard it. My neighbors are actually cool with it. Like <laughs> you just pissed off a lot of people. <laughs> I'm certain. But I would use it. Like I would literally harvest it. I would use it. Like venison is delicious. Tur so you're like gonna, deer. You're gonna jerky. eat the deer from all the GMO farms. So I didn't know anything about this. So, you gotta okay. explain. Okay, so you'll have to look this up. I recently just found this out from some farmers here. Okay. And they've always known that the government pays for what they call throwaway farms. Okay. Farmer grows crops like corn or soybeans. Okay, yeah. Which is very common. They are here. paid to not harvest. Oh, just grow it. These farms. Just grow it to keep the soil good. Okay. But then you have to get rid of it. Like, it's just They dead. just till it under. Gone. Done and done. Gone. Well, these they're paid farms, to destroy the food. Yep. What? Because then there's a supply shortage. Oh, okay. So the farmer gets paid more money than they would if they sold the stuff. And I can't imagine, like, if you're, what I have learned about farmers here is like you are very family oriented, you're community oriented. So to be able to one either be paid off by the government or put in a position where like that's your only option, you have to be in a very tight spot. I am not saying that farmers here are corrupt by any means, because I know a time in my life where any decision to get ahead seemed like a good decision. Any because choice there I wasn't, had, yeah, because there was no. There's other very limited options yeah. and opportunities. Yeah. So I actually feel very deeply for the farmers who are getting screwed over by big government because of this or like county lines being pushed out and we have that in Oconomowoc right now we had a lot of dairy farmers quite a few now county lines get pushed out well within county lines you can't have a dairy farm because you can't have this many cattle with 
feces and all the things that is not sanitary for county line. Oh, for the so the county decided a long time ago this is not this is what the regulations are in the county, and then mm -hmm. they expanded the county, and then and then the county gets expanded in the middle of the night through some votes. Oh, yeah. secret, secret, sneaky, sneaky. So this is kind of like all the stuff. I'm slowly. It's like literally the tip of the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg. You yeah. just have no idea. Yeah. And you all you did was take a speck of a snowflake off, and you're like, oh, here's all this information. Okay. And and what I'm saying behind that is that the people, the farmers that this is happening to, I truly believe have the best of intentions and think like, okay, this is what they're saying. This is what I have to do. Then I can figure this out and then like work around it. And it just keeps continuing to dig a deeper hole for them, mm. for the community. Mm -hmm. So they have what's the railway crop. So now you'll pay attention through the summer. What cornfields never get harvested? Mm -hmm. Those are throwaways. Okay. Nothing happens to them. Looking. Yeah. So all the deer come. Hmm. Well, the throwaway crops have pesticides sprayed all this to keep all the weeds and all the bugs and all the things off. You're going to eat that deer that just ate all that. No, thank mm. you. Oh, so the deer, that's one of their natural habitats. They're running through these fields. Because that's what there is. There's no mountains here. So they're no. just going into the okay. cornfields. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it would kind of suck then to harvest that. So meat. that is where I will say, <laughs> that is where I will say living in Washington State, having deer available, you know it is from the mountains. They're not out in someone's cornfield unless you're like typically not. Yeah, ocean yeah. shores, that's like a rare thing. There's yeah. a lot of deer population, they're out there, but that's a whole different Some of situation. Yeah. Kind of that area. But the majority farming. of your hunting you're going to the mountains for. They're right. not out in the population of the people in the suburbs or in the farmlands. Right. Here, the deer you're getting is all GMO corn fed. Mm -hmm. The corn you eat isn't even from here in Wisconsin. What? Unless you find a local farmer, you mm -hmm. go to the grocery store, it is not from a farm here. Which is crazy. It's from Texas. I'm probably getting better apples here than I ever got oh, in Washington. Oh, for sure. In Washington, that's what it is. I'm probably getting real good Washington apples here. <laughs> so, those are things what? like you don't know until you know. I don't. Why you got to tell me this stuff? I'm in a rabbit hole now. <laughs> it's a rabbit hole. I send my husband all these things, and at the end of the day, I'm like, did you even see what I saw, like, sent to you? And he goes, you mean your 50 videos about farming? No, ma'am. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, this is important. We're not hunting here. If you and Titus want to go hunting for deer, you're going to Tennessee, and you're going to go, go to the Smoky Montana, Mountains. Go to yeah. It's a six-hour drive. You're going to the Smoky Mountains, where I know they haven't touched anything but natural everything, mm. because it's protected. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, okay. So much like here. So a lot of the um, the cattle here, right, are mm -hmm. extremely well fed. Oh, yes. Like our dairy farms are well fed. Like like they eat better than we do. Like I will say that about the cattle here. Isn't that here. crazy? I, I will always buy the meat here. So the cattle here is really good. The, you're saying that the wild deer is not That's a, a good That's a hard idea. no for me. <laughs> If I go to somebody's house and they're like, hey, I have deer jerky, I have, I have venison, I have this, I'm like, no, thank you. Where'd you get it from? Well, it's from local from Wisconsin. That's a hard no for me. Okay. Now, I don't know because a lot you know about... Because you know. I don't know about a lot about up north, but local hunting here... In the farmland. 
Yeah. No, I was mm. listening to a Joe Rogan podcast. He was talking about Montana and other places he's hunted and how it's all open land. Yeah. And it's just like every man Grazing. for himself. Yeah. And you're just like, it's not even a true hunt because they're just right out in front of you because they're so used to being around people. Well, well they're a, not even afraid of them. No, if a deer is so used to being around you, what the hell are they eating? <laughs> because how many people are spraying their yards with stuff to keep mosquitoes and bees and all these things away. That, just a little bit of that you're ingesting. You're going to the supermarket that says buy local organic, but then it has the A Peel logo on it, which by the way, is owned by 23andMe, Bill Gates, and Katy Perry. And it's a pesticide, they don't call it that, that is now sprayed on all the organic matter to keep it lasting four to six weeks longer than it should. You cannot wash it you off. You can't wash it off, yeah. I didn't hear about that. So if we're doing little things that we think aren't a big deal, if everybody or a majority of people are doing that and the majority of the animals are eating off of these things, that is what you're now consuming. Would you take what you just sprayed on your plants and take a shot of it? Fuck no. Hell no. So why would we eat something off of that? Yeah. It's like microdosing poison. Yep. But yep. you won't microdose a mushroom. But here's the thing. We still need more deer tags in Wisconsin. Because they these well, deer population are overgrowth. killing us in our cars. <laughs> I have I literally count the deer on the side of the road to find out how deadly the roads are. Well, ruck season is the worst. So between like September, October. Yeah, fall is terrible. It yeah. is awful. Spring is you, pretty you bad too. You see them one every half a mile. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, but I literally, on the way here, I was counting deer, right? I saw three of them. I just felt my three, drink and it's not, <laughs> It wasn't that many. Going I was like, oh, it's a safe. He did math. <laughs> that was real math. <laughs> It was safe, you know. It's only three, you know. An hour and a half drive. I have seen 30 in that same drive. Yeah, yeah. Like, so they're freaking deadly. <laughs> and, and you don't have that as much in Washington. Oh, no. That's true. I mean, there's the give and take in every place you go. I, I know that we've overpopulated certain areas. Like, Washington right now is really dealing with, like, cougars and mountain lions and all this stuff. And, like, black bears in home space and like Issaquah, yeah duval because they've expanded so much into their territory they ran out of territory i mean just if you think about eggs in itself you have free range you have organic free range organic farm raised you're talking chicken chicken eggs yeah Yeah. just from chicken eggs well you would have to know that you would need free range farm raised organic non-gmo to get the healthiest egg. To get the one that you're looking for, yeah. So, if it takes that much time to research the type of egg you should get, how can we expect the general population to trust that, like, the bell pepper they just bought isn't full of toxins more than a candy bar they would eat? Mmm, dang. Because they sprayed that crazy stuff on it. Yep. And it's worse than, oh. Now it has more carcinogens that. than if you fried an onion on a barbecue. Hmm. Okay. And I think to myself, like, while there is a lot of like positivity to moving to the Midwest, we are a lot around a lot more farmland. And while most of the people I have encountered are about sustainability, like non-toxic yep. farming. Yep. Especially on a smaller scale. 
what's in the grocery store is not from our local farms necessarily. Right. There is always sections where it's like, it's from Arnett Farms, it's from Smith Farms, so you know where it comes from. A lot to chew on here. I know. <laughs> so it's it's definitely something that, you know, I think it would be great to have a couple farmers on. Oh, go over yeah. things they're okay. working through. That's a great idea. Yep. We can ask these questions. We can go down to the science from the soil to the product. Okay. What yep. What is the breakdown here? Because I think that's really what people want to know, especially like since COVID and all of these changes, people are more interested in like what's going in their body. If they're going to choose a poison, what is it? What are they willing to give up financially to pay for overall longevity of health? Yep. And then with a lot of these things that are happening, like train derailments, the fires, all of that, like how does that affect your day to day? And how can I work around and that? how yeah, so that's a big thing with Shelby is she's like, Yeah, all these things are happening. However, what are we going to do mm-hmm. in our life, making small decisions along the way to affect ourselves positively? Sure. Right? Because like you can have all these bad things happen and still, like, what can you honestly do about that train derailment? Sometimes, though, if you don't have a good support system, it seems so overwhelming that then yes. you just make no decision. And no decision is your decision. So you want it to be a tangible option that can be done on the day-to-day. Yes. And small decisions make big impacts if you're consistent. Over time, yep. yep. Good or bad. Yep. So I think getting a farmer or a land eco-scientist on here. Yeah, so if you are a farmer or a scientist who would be interested in being interviewed, we would be more than happy to have you We We want to learn. We want to help our community yep. and figure all of this out. Yep. So I think as we learn and grow, we want our community to be able to learn and grow as well. Right? Yep. Absolutely. I think that's a great spot to end this. I love today's podcast we talked about a lot of different things from growth from washington and our personalities and how now we're learning to reset our you know nervous systems and our spouses are thriving and communication and community to what we need to do about farming and rabbits and deer (laughs) (laughs) so watch out for deer (laughs) thank you guys for listening on today's podcast of west of the midwest We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the ride. Glad we didn't crash. If you have any feedback or ideas for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you on our social media. Please leave us a review on Spotify or wherever you podcast. 